You're listening to Brigade Radio 1. Welcome to the Antisocial Show. This is going to be aired, but uh, right now in real time, it is the holiday season. It is Christmas, and uh, you know it's it's a, it's another uh, Christmas season. So, uh, yeah, uh, the the jolly fat man is watching you. I don't mean Trump, uh, <coughs> Santa Claus. So, uh, you know, be be uh, decent to each other. Obviously, be cool to each other, and uh, go to uh, Combat Radio. Uh, on Facebook and uh, find the link for the uh, Breakfast with uh, Santa charity event that's coming up December 1st. Uh, The official date is December 1st at the Salt Creek Grill, which will be closed to the public, but you can still get involved. Yes, Tyson. December 1st. Yes, December 1st. As in the day after tomorrow. As in the day after tomorrow. Okay. I believe it. I believe he did say December 1st. Yeah. So the day after tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Okay. uh, yeah, but you can still click that link. You can still get involved, uh, and, uh, with next share event. The... with, with, uh, with the event for 2019. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be December 1st in 2019. This show, in, in 20... the, the show that, that we're recording right now oh. will air in 2019. People yes. won't hear this until January something. So let me backtrack my whole thing. Okay. Uh, I wasn't sure. If... Obviously, okay. So okay. Tyson had Tyson has corrected me. So if you were a part of the 2018 uh, uh, Christmas charity event, uh, we thank you for getting involved. And uh, I, I, for, I, I, you know, I had like this whole idea for like uh, talking about Christmas and you know throwing that in there. Still can. Uh, can totally talk about Christmas. Um, yes, but almost like now in the past tense, obviously, because yes. by the time that by the time they're hearing this, yeah. the uh, the the awesome eighth annual uh, breakfast with uh, Santa charity event had uh, already been launched. It already happened, and uh, a good time was had by all. So we want to thank you for being a part of it, if you were a part of it. And uh, Christmas was awesome. Uh, <laughs> It was actually funny because it's not Christmas yet because it's only November 29th, but or uh, 30th now, right? Uh, November, so See, so we're we're we're, we're talking. Sorry, go ahead. It's like a weird parody, really. It's like a paradox because it is. You know, it, 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 Christmas hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. but now we're we're thanking them like in a past tense so to speak it's the podcaster uh-huh. it's the podcaster paradox i i, I allude yes. to this i allude to this in episodes of succotash when i talk about time travel because yes. because yes. for me time for well especially for for this show but um even so with a little bit with succotash it's 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 time travel because i'm addressing them in the future but they will be hearing it in the present in mm-hmm. their present and it will already be my past so that's that's even more so for every time we record more than a few hours, it puts a couple of weeks on to the time in which you know each show would get further and further out in time. Absolutely. I mean, and, and ironically, too, let me explain this to everybody. So when you're not recording an episode, like when, when you sit down and record an episode, um, you're going to feel that paradox. But also, too, when you're not recording that episode, when you're just walking around the mall or – 
anywhere in your you know everyday life you're still going to feel like that that paradox you almost feel separated really from uh everybody else so it's kind of like you're in a world of soundcasters now and then there's everybody else there's you and then there's the potential listener um so there, there's always that possibility. So you, you kind of take it everywhere you go. You'll you'll never lose the feeling once you've gotten the feeling, and you won't feel it in the first few episodes that you do. Um, you, you'll start to feel it like more and more gradually a, as time goes on, especially when you land yourself on Laughable, when you land yourself on iTunes or Stitcher or you know SoundCloud or anywhere soundcasts can be heard, downloaded, and listening to or listened to. Um, then you start to really feel the paradox <coughs> because like I said, you can walk up to anyone and say, Hey, you listen to sound, uh, you listen to soundcast. Oh, you do here. Here's my soundcast. So it, it, it's like that. Yeah. Soundcast is always, is always in the past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're like the indies of radio is what we are. Unless you're listening to it live, but then it's immediately in the past every second that goes by. That's true. But yeah, we're definitely like the indie of radio, I would think. The, we're the, the Indiana Jones? No, no, no. Like Kevin Smith is like indie films. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I see. So We're, we're indie radio, basically. Well, so is he then, technically. It's what? So is he then, technically. Oh, absolutely. Like, do you remember like back in the 80s and stuff, um, people actually did do pirated radio where they had like their own pirated station and they had, I remember hearing of it. Yeah. I never, I don't uh, think I ever heard any actual pirate radio because I growing up, live in a town near a, a university that has its own radio station. So the university radio station doesn't uh, really uh, necessarily have to adhere to FCC standards. Because it's a short wave broadcast. I don't know how it worked out, but so like you could get away with playing stuff that you couldn't play on regular radio, which is I think what pirate radio was for, more or less. Or for I don't know if four is the correct way of putting that, but that's my understanding well, of what pirate radio was. So right, well, and I could, it, could be completely wrong about that. Well, if you're if you're um, if you're doing an actual radio station, it's it's always governed by FCC rules and regulations. Obviously, when you're doing a pirated thing, it's like you're pirating their signal. You're basically jacking their signal, and you have your own st- uh, studio set up uh, or station set up. And it was actually there's a movie on it, which was actually pretty cool. But what did pirate radio really become? Basically, I don't know. Are you suggesting it's what podcasts are? Exactly. Or, or internet uh, internet stations, um, it, it's become a thing, you know, where where normal people like you and I can basically create an entire show and then put it on the airwaves. Not the actual radios where you get into your car and you turn on the radio and there it is. It's not that. I'm sure though, in time, in time, it's coming. There will be a either a, a regular station or a satellite station on your satellite radio. Um, there'll be like a podcast station if there's not one already, no where all you hear is just podcasts. I feel like there probably is. Well, it's podcast. Isn't that what Smodcast Internet Radio is? Oh, well, it's not a serious channel. Well, I mean, there might be a Smod, no. a, a Smod satellite radio ch- channel, but I don't think there is. I'm not sure. But if you get, you know, I think there used to be a way you get the Stitcher. Like Stitcher used to, they one of the reasons why Stitcher was sounded like such a great thing back in the day, I remember, was that you could, because you could listen to podcasts, live podcasts, streaming on it. Mm-hmm. So if you got the app, you didn't necessarily have to go on the Smodcast webpage, which kind of has its own version of that. Uh, at some point, Stitcher stopped doing that, or, I, or, or my devices stopped being able to use Stitcher to listen to um to listen to to Sir, that was what it was. I mean, that was what the uh, when when Stitcher was launching, it was a big deal because Smod, uh, Sm- uh, they talked about it on Smodcast. Kevin Smith has got Moser. We're talking about how Stitcher, you know, it's like you're gonna listen to Stitcher, bitcher. <laughs> he says Stitcher, bitcher, and and Scott's like, is that what it is? <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 listen to Stitcher, bitcher. All right, <laughs> it's silly. I mean, you know, but anyway. Oh um, my God! So. Those guys really? were younger than we are now, by the way. Oh yeah, they were younger than well, than we are now. Oh, they yes. Um, what's what, what's what's funny about uh, guys like Kevin Smith, 
uh, Jason Mewes is they're not they're not traditional stand up comedians. Obviously, um, no. they all they all they do is Q and A's, and uh, I think that's that that's that's I don't want to say like I'm I would do a Q and A, um, but as far as like me standing on stage trying to do an improv would almost be impossible because I'm not funny in that that aspect. I mean, you almost anybody can do improv. It's there's just a certain amount. Of, there's a certain amount of, I guess, what you'd call training. But then everything else is just instinct. So it's like, and you know, I think you know you could you could do improv. You, just, I think I think my talent lies, and I could take like a a, a real life situation, just add shit to it and make it funny. This, think of it like this: Do you not a do you not play Foursquare? What's that? Okay, so there's this thing on the playground they used to play, and it was there'd be this box shape, and it would have four squares, and then they'd bounce a ball back and forth to each other on the square or something like that, or you'd stand on either side. Yeah, I never learned how to play four square, but people can play it. You know hmm. what I mean? I, yeah. could, I could play it. I just never learned how to do it. But this is the thing about four square is that I can bounce a ball. I know how to play mm-hmm. that game. I know how to play bounce, bounce. But, yeah. you know. But there are rules that bounce bounce occurs in in Foursquare. So it's the same thing with improv. You just all you have to do is do what you're doing already and just learn what the rules are and, and try to stay within those rules. It'd be like it'd be like if, for example, taking on a rule of you know not swearing, that would be say the constraints of the scene that you were playing, and then you would do what you were doing earlier, where you were going mm. where you were saying ah f this and you know kiss my a or you know or or don't be a dumbass or any of that stuff that's just so you were taking your your already behavior and you were adjusting it for the rules of the given thing that you had decided you were going to do ahead of time which i appreciate that but that's essentially what improv is as far as the mechanics of it coming up with things to talk about that's a lot of that just is you know one of the big rules they say the main ones that i learned in theater sports uh was uh play the reality was the big was one of them Hmm. Agree a lot was a bit, another one too, where you which becomes yes and when people talk about yes ending, you know that's it's that's what agreeing is. You know, somebody points off stage and said or or next to it and say, hey, there's a tree there. The other person you know agrees that there is a tree there. By God, there's a tree. Yes, yes, there is. If somebody goes into the scene in their head, then they're going to be the goofy French waiter, and then a person hmm. and the person who's already in the scene sees that person and before that person can speak says, ah, doctor, I'm so glad you're here. That person who is going to be Pierre, the French waiter, has to become the doctor, or else the scene doesn't progress forward. <coughs> so it's right. like because, because when you when you, if they had gotten out in time and you know and hey, hey well, well, whatever the you know whatever uh, stereotypical French waiter um, voice would be, you know, bringing over the tray and whatnot, you know, and and then the people on stage would have probably been in a restaurant or done whatever you know. That it depends, you know, who kind of who. Who drops the idea first? Like, we're, hey, we're under sea, and then it's like, oh, and then we we got to be under sea. It's like, hmm. you know, what do you, you know, do you notice? Do you like the the inside of this giant aquarium that I've built? Yes, I do. What do you think of the uh, the way the bubbles uh, kind of cling to the top of the uh, the ridge there? I think it's fabulous. Hmm. I like the I like the effects it makes. The effects on the on the light or on the uh, which effects specifically. Well, the lights hitting the bubbles, which, you know, are so close to the glass, you know. Mm-hmm. See, now I'm cheating a little bit because I'm asking questions and I'm getting you to, to think about what you're saying. But that's, you know, after a while, you wouldn't you would have to – I wouldn't have to ask questions. You would just sort of volunteer information because you know it adds to the scene or, you know, uh, you'd, you'd just you'd, – you'd say something. You'd say this is what I think about it in response to the question. And then later you might go, here's what else I think about it just because it's what you thought of as long as it didn't break the flow of what was going on. Or I guess you could say if it was funny, because if the scene didn't immediately, if the scene was then us having to like save ourselves from a giant shark or something, and then uh, and then the punchline of the scene ended up being a callback to you know how the bubbles were or something, that would be that would be you know who knows if that could happen organically or not, but you know, and also there's no need to necessarily do a callback in a in a improv mm. scene. I didn't learn to do callbacks in improv scenes. I learned to do callbacks or I learned to appreciate callbacks rather watching like the Jack Benny show. I just happen to like callbacks. There's a lot of comedians that happen to like callbacks. Um, story-wise, they're good for story and narratives and improvs uh, like long form improvs are also, it can be very narrative driven stories with a beginning, a middle and an end, you know, like 
people walk into the scene, they establish a relationship with each other. Like for example, you and I, okay. So there's this act in that scene that we were doing. Um, there's this, there's this technique or this uh, acronym. It's where you take the first letters of something and you make a word out of it. Like crow C R O W. Mm. Right. So C is character. Uh, R is relationship. O is objective. And W is where. Mm. So when I said, Hey, do you like the, this uh, underground aquarium that I, I, I made? Um, I established aware in that I, I, there, there, you know, so that has been, that was established. And then, um, and so far an objective hadn't, had, hadn't come into play. We hadn't uh, determined what our relationship was. If I was a tour guide and you were a tourist, if I was a, you know, a, uh, a amateur aquarium person or, and you were a, a janitor, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, that was never established, but it could have been right. to be like, Hey, you know, put that broom down and come and take a look at this leak, this potential crack in this aquarium roof. You know, what do you think about that? Now you're at least somebody who's, you know, even if I haven't said you were the janitor or the fixer of any kind, you know, I've still put, given us aware at least. And then you could say, you know, Oh, I'll, I'll call up, I'll call up our, our supervisor and, and, you know, get somebody on that there. We've now established that we are at least coworkers on some capacity. So, that could be all that's necessary. We've also established that what our characters are in Summit. Now, if I say Bill, I've I, I've given you the offer. It's called giving an offering. You you offer Bill, and then you take the offer, and you're like you become <laughs> Bill. So now now you are you know it's like Bill. I'm, I'm I'm happy to have you as a son-in-law, and I'd like to you know give you these baseball tickets uh, that I just found on the sidewalk. And I would say thanks, Dad. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because you're, you're I'm you're my you're my father-in-law, right? So I would you're, say you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, it is a little awkward to hear you say, "Dad," but I do appreciate it. So I I hope you have a good time with these uh, these tickets. Thank you, Dad. And later on tonight, never mind. We'll keep it G-rated. Um, uh, yes, I, I I thank you for the tickets, sir. Uh, and uh, I will be taking your daughter with me, and we're gonna be rooting for the Yankees. My daughter, your wife? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to take my wife to the ball game. Yeah, Chrissy. Yes, Chrissy. Chrissy and I are going to the ball game. Well, that's good because she loves baseball. That That's perfect. Yeah. I love baseball too. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, you're not going to have a very good time. Uh, well, or maybe you might. There's other things to, to check out at a ball game other than the game itself, I suppose. That's right. Especially the hot dogs and beer. Yeah. Well, could always uh, do one of those new uh, those things. You can, you know... Uh, you can interact with an app on your phone uh, during the game that is tailored to the audience now, or at least they were doing that in um, Seahawks Stadium. I remember uh, a few years back, it had some some hmm. kind of a cross app crossover thing. Anyway, so you could probably do that at the game you're going to see. I will definitely take my phone and download that when I get there. Right. So so far, you know, there's no conflict or anything, but we've established a relationship. You know, the objective was for me to give you the, you know. It, the tickets, but we're also now talking about what's happening later. So this would be a good time to, for people to either have something colossal happen in the scene with them or something change, you know, that changes things or somebody could enter the scene. Like it's a good place to basically take the scene in a different direction or to start a new scene. And then you've got a Herald going because eventually you have to come back to the first scene, you know? So it's like, you're talking about something major. You're talking about something major has to happen, right? Well, it's you know it doesn't have to be major, but it can be. Like an elephant doesn't literally have to enter the room, but it could. It could just okay. It's a, a, an event that basically takes the the you know we we've established a level basically or a level you know we have a good relationship. Uh, you know you're going to take my daughter to the game at some time in the future. Now we're just kind of standing on the street holding hands or not holding hands, but we're sort of holding a conversation. It's not really going anywhere. It's sort of level water, and then eventually a tilt has to happen. Like as a change in status occurs, you know, some, some, something has to kind of throw either both of our focus into, yeah, it looks like you have a suggestion. I do. Try this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've already established that myself is the son-in-law. So Tyson's mm-hmm. still the father-in-law. So <clears throat> here's the conflict. As I'm coming home, I decide that I do not want to take uh, my wife to the ball game. Now I already thank my father-in-law 
for the tickets, and I told him that I was going to take uh, Chrissy to the ball game because she likes baseball, and the old man seemed to be pleased with that. Yes, However, just to recap the scene, uh, it seems that Jenkins has uh, told us he's gone over the transcript and touched on the bullet points of there. I appreciate the update on that. It's good. Now, you're quite welcome. It's good. I like the new notebook you've got there, too. Uh, here, here, you can. I noticed your pencil's getting a little bit low, and you can use yes. mine as a replacement. And now Thank back you. to the scene already in progress. Yes. So now I come home. Hi, honey. How you doing? Okay, hey. good. Uh, How's it going? I, I've decided I'm going to take Carl to the ball game and not you. Well, are you kidding me? Why would you even do that? Well, it's like this. I'll have a better time with Carl, and I can drink more beer. And uh, yeah, he doesn't complain. But honey, if you take me, we can bring more beer. Yeah, but we have to have separate time. You know, we're, we're spending too much time together. I'm just going to take Carl. <sighs> well, it's your loss, honey. And I'm still mad at you. Oh, so okay. You're you're still mad at me? Really? All this time? This is punishment? Is that what, that's what it is? Yep, pretty much. Well, that is terrible. I can't. I can't even believe that you would bring that up after all this time. Well, I just did. Mm-hmm. And so, don't go telling your father neither. Oh, why wouldn't I tell my father that you fucked my best friend? Because I don't need him on my ass after he just gave me, you know, front row seats to a Yankees game, and he's starting to like me now. And I just don't want to hear. Uh, sh- oh yeah, well I, you know you picked a really really bad time to pull the old. I don't want to take you to the baseball game on me, then didn't you? Well, you know what? it's fine. Well, I don't even want to see this stupid game. I, I don't care who 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 even's playing at the baseball game right now. Yeah, you see, there you go. That's the problem right there. We're gonna go, and I'm gonna tell Carl he can't go, so you can go, and then we're just gonna get into a fight, and we're just not gonna want to be there. So one of us has to enjoy this, and the tickets were given to me, so I think I should go. It's on your head then. Yep. And scene. So, you know. <laughs> so that got a little dark. Yeah, that did. <laughs> I feel like that's really happened on, on some on, to somebody. Maybe not you, but I, no, definitely not me. But it, it definitely has happened to somebody. See now, I was see what was happening there is I was putting off dis- establishing what it was that uh, what we're being mad at, you know, and so you didn't, and since you didn't, you know, I was like, going, okay, well, he might, he might. And I was like, okay, I'll just decide that it was a, you know, a relationship infidelity because why not? It moves the scene forward. And then you immediately were like, yep, that's what it is. And so that's good. See? Yep. Yeah. Yep. See, I mean, that, that actually felt uh, appropriate for the uh, actual scene itself. So that's why I was able to flow with it because it was just, you know, because I'm pretty sure someone out there listening to this is like, damn, that's happening to me right now. Yeah, it sounded very real. So that's my point: is that you can do, you know, you you. It's like it's like Foursquare. I don't actually know, you know, how to play Foursquare. I could still bounce, bounce, but now, you know. So, if, but I knew that I learned the rules of of whatever it was, and and uh, you just keep applying them until you feel comfortable, basically. And you did, you know, you did, you did great. You didn't. That was, uh, you know. Thank you. You you heard what the rules were, and you were like, okay, I can work with these parameters. Mm-hmm. That's really what it takes. Now, it, the people on whose line are going for laughs. They are fantastic improvisers, but they're also going for laughs. And when I learned to do improvisation in theater sports, you're penalized for being too funny. Well, I mean, too on purpose funny, not accidentally funny. That's, you can't avoid that. But like if you're purposely like telling jokes or standing out and making things, it's, it, because it was a sporting format, you know, you were discouraged uh, to do that. So um, that, was, that was an interesting thing. So I learned to not to not be, to try to be overly funny. It was called playing the reality, you know, and, and then humor might come out of whatever you're doing. And it's true. It did. I'm not saying necessarily always for stuff that I did, but for scenes I was involved in, there were some scenes that are become funny because you're trying to make sure people don't laugh. Like, um, there is one, we we're doing a gorilla sport, a gorilla theater, uh, show, which is basically a version of theater sports where you're playing theater sports games, but instead of two teams against each other, and a series of judges, uh, which is the format. And then you, you compete for like, uh, you know, points in these, whatever types I challenge you to an arms scene and somebody gets behind him and sticks their arms through and does a, you know, a, and then the other person does an arm scene. Actually, now I think about it, I don't know that we would challenge. No, it would probably be best of arms. And then they'd go, well, the arms. And then, you know, you take a suggestion and be like, hi, I'd like, you know, 
like a suggestion for a, uh, a, a town in California. It'd be like Monterey. And then somebody I heard Monterey first. And then, you know, now it's, it's like, who knows if it matters that it's in Monterey or not, but people like to have hear their suggestions being used. So, um, you know, maybe there's, if there, if I knew anything significant about Monterey, other than it was a partial name of a cheese that I like, I might actually have a comment that I can make, but it was the first name that came to my head and I was the audience member in this example. So I can't be faulted for that. And also yet I can be at any route rate or route at any route, the circuitous, circuitous one. No, sorry. Um, Anyway, the point is, um, so, oh, so guerrilla theater is basically, um, every player is on stage as kind of like, not as one team, but they're in the format of competing directors. So one person stands up and there would be, I'm going to be directing a, uh, a word at a time scene. And then the people who want to be in the scene jump up on the stage. So basically the, the one player draws from the pool of remaining players to be the performers. And then the audience decides whether they like the, the, um, the uh, scene that just got played and they shout uh, if they like, if they like the, the scene, they shout banana and then you get a little banana badge. And then those are counted up at the end of the, of uh, the show to see who has the most bananas. So like they, then they, you know, the next person up, they direct a scene and they go, do you like the show? And they go and, and banana, if they like it. Now, if they don't like it, they say forfeit. And there's a cup of four of punishments basically. And the person reaches into and pulls it out. And it's like improvise a tap dance was one of mine. So, and then they, in the eyes. Good, good job. And then the, then the next person gets up, they do their scene and it just continues until, until it feels like enough time has gone by and then they count up the bananas at the end. And anyway, so that's a uh, guerrilla theater. So that was also short form improv. And we, uh, one of the games that we would pretty much only do for guerrilla theater was called the serious scene. And in a serious mm. scene, if a player does something that's funny or makes the audience laugh, that player is removed from the scene and replaced by another player who has to carry on in their place as though nothing has happened, which in itself is funny, but not cause for, not necessarily cause for, for immediate you know dismissal. But it's it's you know it's so and also the serious scene has a specific format for the most part. It's it's the uh, you have to be a person telling uh, another person, usually uh, their spouse or loved one or family member that the family pet has expired. The family pet has expired. Yes. You have to find a way to, <laughs> to calmly explain it. But the thing is, is that the, usually the pet has expired in some horrific chain of events that you've then got to, with a straight face, it, you've got to, <laughs> it's, it's, Oh my God, I almost have to leave the room. Um, now people, and people can't help it because it's so uncomfortable. And it's, you have to be really serious. It's like, honey, <laughs> The only reason why I'm laughing at this, and it's fine, you can laugh. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing at this is because, as, as you're describing this, okay, so the scene entails that with a straight face, you have to tell the family members uh, that the family pet has expired in a most horrific uh, fashion, of course. But you have to, you have to be uh, serious, and you have to, you have to be. With a straight face, tell these these poor people that their pet uh, died very tragically without eliciting so, laughter from the audience. Right? Without, without <laughs> see, that'd be, that'd be my problem because if I was faced in that situation where I had to inform people that the family pet expired, I would just be like, "Yo, uh, uh, Pooch is you know he he dropped dead. Um, not only did he drop dead, but I mean." You know, he he was he was just uh, mowed down and ran over and uh, Pancake City, uh, Flatsville. Uh, he checked out. Yeah, people would be laughing by this point. So yeah, but it's like, but you can't. But you got to try not to be funny. So like, what you what you do is, uh, you know, like, um, Hunter, I have terrible news for you. Okay, so actually, I'll tell you the chain of events that normally happens in this story that, that I read, at least. And I think this was in Keith Johnstone's book, uh, Keith Johnstone being the founder of uh, Theater Sports. I think he's uh, passed now, but I'm not sure. I could probably look it up, and I should look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, no, you know what? I am going to look it up real quick. Of course, the name that mo that most people associate with uh, improvisational comedy is Del Close. Um And there are there are many uh, Del Close um uh, not a protégés. Uh, I don't know what to. 
um, <laughs> disciples, I guess. Anyway, so Keith Johnstone is still alive. He was born in February 22nd, 1933. And yes, he, uh, he is a British and Canadian pioneer of improvisational theater. Anyway, um, yeah, the Loose Moose Theater. So there's all these so – here are the uh, – he's written two books about a system, 1979. There's a reason why I broke it. Okay, so there's – anyway, so there's a sequence of events and usually it is that you – that uh, involves um, – leaving the gate open some way, you know, and it's like, um, you know, you know, Sparky name of dog or whatever. It sometimes the name of the animal is, you know, and by the way, the person, they don't start the story over again. They have to continue right from where the last person left off more or less. So it's like, honey, sit down. You're going to want to hear You're you're not going to want to hear this news. And then like, sometimes that can be a giggle because people know what's coming. They know what's coming up. And then if you get a giggle, it's like, well, I got to leave the stage. And then the next person continues and they're like, so the beats of the story are usually that the animal has escaped from whatever enclosure it's in. Sometimes it's like a hamster in a habit trail in a, in a, in a ball. <laughs> Maybe the ball rolled out the door, but, <laughs> but, but the ball rolls out the door. And, but that's not the end usually. Usually then it's like, and then into the street. Oh no. You know, it's like, but that, but that wasn't even like the thing that, you know, and so, you know, then it could be like this chasing through these various, these dangerous circumstances. Maybe it almost gets, you know, into a street sweeper or shoots out the side, but it is, you know, could be. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's the chance to do this stuff with a straight face and like have, and, you know, and just not, and just see how, how, how much it gets because the audience is going to be for the most part, they're going to be doing what you're doing. It just, it's hard to contain <laughs> the mirth because they're also presumably picturing what's happening. And they understand the punchline is that they, the, by the way, and the gerbil or the pet of whatever keeps escaping death in the story only to ultimately die. And what ends up usually happening is like, Oh, and then I, you know, um, and then his heart gave out and he died. It's a very sad ending of the story. Usually, you know, it's, it's, it's heroic up to the point where the dog actually dies or the hamster dies or whatever it is, you know? So that's, Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. But yeah, it's, it was a really fun type of scene to play. And that type of scene usually would get the banana because people would enjoy watching it so much or, you know, it was, it was a really great experience. Um, yeah, those were the days <laughs> 25 years ago now. Jeez. Oh, that was, that's not too much long. That's not <laughs> a long time. I, uh, I, 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 you know how long that is in five years, I will have been able to have been married twice. Yeah. Shoot. Well, I'm, uh, I'm 30, I'm 38 dude. So yeah. I celebrate my 15 years in December 16th, which will have gone by by this point. So, and I have so let's see, I'm uh, I'm gonna be 40 soon because I'm 38, and I have a head full of gray now. So, head full of gray. Yep, my sides are head. are starting to uh, turn. Head full of gray. Head full of gray. Bump, bump, <laughs> bump, bump. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. Ah. Your man. Mm, that's what I say. Head full of gray. Head on my hair. It's gray, gray, gray. It go up. It don't, don't go down. It go up in here. It go all around. It gray. It go. It go to the left. It go to the right. And that's what they say. I don't know what else rhymes with gray, but I, my hair is turning gray. Yeah. Uh. Gray hair. My hair is about 30% gray. Actually, now that I think about it, it's probably about closer to 75% gray. My hair is gray. What can I say? Whatever else rhymes with gray. There's some words I can't say. But I like to say play and okay and um, as a type of cheese I can't think of. Not camembert. You know, there actually might not be a cheese that rhymes with... My hair is gray. It almost sounds like an Indian rap, really. Oh, oh! It's actually it's the sound of um, a can lid. Oh, that's cool. Kind of ran out of steam there, but then again, I don't usually um, freestyle, <laughs> so or whatever that was. It wasn't really freestyle. I mean, it was something. Hair is gray. 
But so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, though. It's something really simple. Like there's a lot of you know for for like the type of music ideas. Anyway, so yeah, improv. You could do improv. Hey everyone, it's Ethan with Combat Radio here at Brigade Radio 1. One thing you need this fall is the Combat Radio Halloween album supporting social services. Featuring haunted musical and audio tracks from some of your favorite celebrity guests around here, including Respect the Dead, the audiobook. Go to cdbaby.com, enter Combat Radio Halloween, and get your copy today. Uh, improv for me would be like... Uh, uh, jokes, I guess. I mean, so that's my thing. Like, I would, I would, you know, every time I try to tell like a formal joke, it just, it just gets, you know what I mean? Shot down. Shot down. Like, yep, it was funny until I said it, and then it's not funny anymore. You know, there's a joke about that, about that idea. Uh, it involves uh, is a bunch of basically a bunch of comedians, right? It's right. co- comedians who have been a- around since the beginning of comedy. So I'm assuming this joke is set somewhere between 1940 and 1960. That is my assumption. When there's basically been generations of comedians who were, you know, and then now there's new comedians and there's older comedians from TV and there's, you know, people like Milton Berle and Jack Benny and George Burns and, you know, and Bob Hope, kind of that era, Danny Thomas, you know. That sort of era, and then it's mingling with sort of newer people. So there's a big room, and it's like there's jokes. People have heard these jokes. You know, it's like uh, why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? And it's like then there's the variation on it. So it's like, you know, why did the chicken cross the road? Because he was stapled to the baby or whatever. You know, and it's like okay, that's a variation one a. So you know, people have told these jokes so much. You know, that was no lady, that was my wife. And actually, that's not a joke. That is part of a joke by Henny Youngman. It is um, it is actually, it was um. Uh, who was that lady I saw you with last night? Oh, you know that, not, that's not the joke I'm thinking of. The uh, the wife joke is um, the Henny Youngman joke is uh, it wasn't that was no lady that was my wife. It was take my wife please. It sounds mm. like he's saying take my wife please, but people quote that point point. It's take my wife, and it, it's like no. The joke is you you give the lead up, and it's like women today take my wife, like for example my wife, and then you go please. That's the joke. So, <laughs> so that would be like you know three. So essentially, these comedians know these all these jokes that they you know they all kind of know so well that um, they don't even have to um, say the entire joke anymore. All they have to do is just call out a number. Like somebody, will, they'll be you know in the cafeteria eating at the you know at the at the wherever it is this gathering is, and somebody goes seventy eight, and then you'll hear a chuckling erupt on one side of the room, and other people be like, oh yeah, that's hack. Yeah, somebody eighty three and uh, riotous laughter, and then like a young person, like a younger comedian, goes um forty two, and there's nothing. And then uh, one of the older comedians leans over and says, "Don't you know, kid? It's okay. It's it's not the joke. It's the way you tell it." Ah, yeah. <clears throat> Still, yeah, yeah. Pretty much is the way I tell it because. Uh... I guess I don't have a delivery system per se. Well, it's not you though. That's the that's the absurdity of the joke is that they're just saying numbers and there's no, you know what I mean. So it's like yeah, yeah. But that that the way you tell it, person, the person who would who would stop you from doing that is not is 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 imaginary. It's, it's gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You should. Uh, you, I don't know how far you are from uh, from New York. Uh, about an hour. You should think about enrolling at classes at the UCB. Ah, I'm not sure Definitely. where I'm not sure where that is, but I mean, like it'd be available uh, depending on what your schedule is like. I'm sure they have classes multiple days of the week. They have a second. I have to look into that. Yeah, totally should. There's a lot of podcasters or a lot of people who do UCB things who have podcasts. Mm. It's a good way to network. Meet some. Cool, That's very true. Meet some cool people, and also presumably some uh, a holes. <laughs> That's always a given in New York, my friend. Well, you're you're always going to run into a few a holes in New York. It is the city. Well, better running into an a hole than into a manhole. That's very true. Spe- spe- specifically, an open one. Well, not to uh, can't go into not a close to one, not, not to uh, uh, as Kevin Smith 
so lovingly says, not to bash our sexy sister across the uh, bay there, <clears throat> but um, what the horror of Babylon? Yes, also known as New York City. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, New York City, all I can say to you about New York City is if you've never been there, um, definitely suggest it at least once in your life because it is a world, I mean, definitely a world onto itself. But if you are uh, a first-time tourist, you definitely want to bring somebody that knows the city a little bit at least or a lot of it. So, you know, you don't wind up in parts that you don't want to be in. And, you know, I mean, is it safe? Yes. Is it dangerous? Yes. It's 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 a combination of both. Um, it's an interesting world. Like I said, it's, it's an interesting world in and of itself because, you know, the, you got people living in the sewers or in this in this in this old abandoned subway tunnels. You got uh, alligators in the sewers. You got cockroaches in the sewers that are the size of Buicks. Um, the people are interesting. Riding the subways is interesting. So it, it's it's definitely a weird uh, weird world. Uh, what does it say that? What's cultural, the, cultural at the uh, cultural definitely. What's the strangest thing that you've encountered while riding on the subway? Oh my God! The strangest thing I've the strangest thing I've ever encountered. Would probably be uh, a crazy person. Oh. Mm-hmm. I uh, I I guess uh, I should have expected that. That makes sense. That seems oh, like yeah. the most logical. Because you're always going to get like that one crazy passenger. Because don't forget, unless you're unless you're with somebody, but if you're by yourself, right? You are jam-packed, and I mean jam-packed sometimes, in these cars uh, with strangers. Mm. And you're not really interacting with these people. You're just standing there. Like you're either sitting down or you're standing there on this tight – excuse my French – on this tight uh, car. And uh, and it always seems late at night when it's like clear, but that's when you get like the weirdo that's on the train that like you know makes himself known. You know, like if you ever watched My Demon Lover, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. So you remember, you remember like in the beginning of the movie, uh, uh, Kaz is his name, mm-hmm. and he's like on the train, and he's got the he's got the which am I call it the um, I the sax. I'm, I'm kind of. I, I'll be honest. I remember very little about the movie, but I do remember. Okay, so Scott, Scott Valentine. The, yeah. So in the beginning of the movie, Kaz is his name in the movie. He's he's on a train. Okay. Okay. And. He got, he's got his saxophone, he's like playing it, and he goes, um, Attention Earth, I come from the planet Venus, and this is our language. And he starts playing his uh, saxophone, getting real loud and laughing and stuff, and going, woohoo, right? Uh-huh. Um, and he goes, I come from, uh, he goes, Attention Earth, we are friendly people. He starts yelling in people's faces and stuff. He goes, just leave us your women and then, no, he goes, just give us your money and then go in peace. And he goes, oh, and then leave the women too. And he starts laughing real loud. So he's like a really disruptive uh, type person on the train. And when you ride the subways, you're always going to have like that one crazy disruptive person who you just want to like open up the doors and throw them out, you know, while the train's going forward, of course. So, so this way he can't get out of the way of the train. Um, and you know, it's just, like I said, you get all sorts of weird people down in the tubes and which by the way, the tubes is actually an old, uh, it's a band name. For the, yeah. It's, it's an old, uh, oh. subway, uh, it's an old subway term in New York, so you're basically like, what, uh, you know, how are you going to get there? Oh, I'm going to ride the tubes. Oh. oh, and by the way. I think they call it. By the, yes, go ahead. By the way. By the way. It is, it is really, in a lot of these subway tunnel uh, stations, it is very disgusting down there. It smells like piss, and it's very hot. Mm, hot and it smells like piss. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, not really, dude. <laughs> like back in the 80s, you didn't even like go down into the subways at night by yourself. At night? Yeah, at night. You that's that's the one thing that you avoided at all costs. Like back in the uh back in the 80s, you didn't go into those places by yourself at night. It wasn't a good idea. No. I've seen the warriors. 
<laughs> of science fiction film that that uh, is his fiction based on a um uh Greek or Roman Greek something or other. It's based on an ancient Greek something that I can't like remember. I, huh? Like I said, like I said, dude, the city is a weird place. It's based on uh Xenophon's Anabasis. Oh, and if you ever come to New Jersey, if you go to Atlantic City, uh, never uh, always stay in the casino, which means there's hotel rooms. Always rent the hotel rooms in the casinos. It's safer if you're going to venture from one casino to the other, especially at night. Walk the boardwalk, which is directly behind the casino because it's linked to all the casinos. You don't want to walk through the streets at night in Atlantic City. <laughs> All right, quick bonus bit. I'm going mm-hmm. to I'm going to flash in front of the screen uh, the boxes for movies I've recently seen, and you could say what you think about them as we go by. I think movies are things that I have done recently. Ready? Ready. Okay. Number one in the order that I in the, in the order that I watched and that we watched these, or we mm-hmm. we or I. Oh, is that uh, the new uh, King Kong movie? Nope. Oh, uh, Rampage. Rampage. With the Rock. With the Rock. Yep. Yes, the game. Based on what? <laughs> do you do you do you know what that movie is based on? Mm. D- did you never play the Midway video game? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. There was a okay. So there was a video game called Rampage that was an arcade game uh, uh, oh, okay. that this movie is based on. I mostly played uh, Mortal Kombat in the arcades. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it came out around the same time as Mortal Kombat. Okay, so here's here's what Rampage looks like. Or what it was. I used to play this game. Uh, I played this game in a uh, in a theme park. Uh, with, with I don't think I don't know if it's quarters. Then it probably was quarters. And hmm. there they are. So there's the characters and whatnot. I don't know if you can see the video I sent you or not. Uh, let me see. Take a, take a look real quick. Mm-hmm. There, there. Oh, it is. got it. Got it. 1986. It's a 1986 game. Graphics look pretty tight for a uh, an eighty six. Yeah. yeah, for an arcade game. I mean, this is. Oh yeah, those are some really nice graphics for that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're supposed to climb up in these buildings, and then you bash the open windows, and things are behind them, and it's either going to be food or it's going to be a person, and then the building eventually takes so much damage that it just collapses. Um, meanwhile, there's people in the windows that you can grab and snack on to get back health, and the military is just shooting at you. You can you can crush helicopters, and then eventually tanks will come in. Here comes some ground on the troops. Troop on the ground. He's breathing fire eventually because uh, he picked up a guy who had a barrel on him. I just realized we're probably looking at slightly different time code than what I'm looking at. But this is what the game essentially looks like. How far is this? Eight bit. Uh, oh, I'm on, I'm on day two now. You're already on day two. Or I mean, how many yeah. are you? In, I'm at a minute on the timeline. Uh, let's see. I'm at a minute ten. Okay. All right. So I've got a little bit ahead of you now. Now I'm at a minute. Uh, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. So you can see these helicopters overhead, and now they swoop in. They're dropping these things on you, and you and you can see his his life bar is going down there. That's George, right? Mm-hmm. So George is the large ape in in this universe, and in the movie, George is a uh, white albino ape that uh, is a friend of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's it's a fun it's a fun movie. You know, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's. Kind of silly in spots, you know. It's got, but it's 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 basically good good fun. So I saw that movie, and then uh, mm-hmm. then we saw uh, this, which I'd never seen. All right, now that I did see, yes, Beauty and the Beast. That was good. Yes. I did see that. I uh, I enjoyed that. Actually, that was t- definitely a uh, phenomenal uh, adaptation of it. I recently had a conversation with Corey Epps um, about it. Um, we didn't record a podcast, but we did talk about movies a bit, and that was one of the ones that came up. Uh, nice, yeah, that was really well made. There's some. Oh, it was absolutely. Uh, the, the facial animations on on Beast were really good. 
when they, mm-hmm. they would have to be because, I mean, you know, Disney generally does really, you know, goes, they, you know, there's a certain level of quality you expect from Disney. Te- oh, yeah. technical stuff you know they're always kind of pushing the envelope a bit and uh his you know and, and when you have like such a uh when you have to put a performance through on a on a animated face that isn't just like uh flat colors and and lines anymore when I mean, it's like fur and musculature and you know and eyebrow you know subtleties of, of human you know uh, cap performance capture type stuff you know, it, it's it's hard not to just stare at the the face and kind of like see watch it doing its thing, and it managed to like not be too distracting. So that was you know, among other things that it got right as a film. <laughs> I just oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, there's well, some I great mean, stuff. Hmm. The Lion King is coming out. The live action uh, Lion film, uh, Lion King film. Oh yeah, movie. yeah. John Favreau directed that one. Fabulous! I saw the trailer. Oh my god. Even yeah. I would go see something like that because it's just phenomenal. You know who I didn't see in the trailer? You didn't see the trailer? I did see oh the trailer. God. I did see the trailer. Oh, did you? No, I did. I'm saying, but you know who I didn't see in the trailer? Because yeah. I saw Rafiki. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Saw yeah. a few things, but I didn't see Timon and Pumbaa, I don't think. Unless I didn't know where my attention was to be looking in the frame and they were sort of among, you know, maybe I don't know if uh, they're, they might not be in this movie. They're not. In, they're not in the. Uh, they're not in the trailer. It was. They're not in the trailer. Uh, no. Hmm. no, not at all. I'm sure they'll be in the movie, just not in the trailer. I mean, I mean, because <clears throat> you can't have a movie without them, so they have to be in. Well, there. You, you could, but I mean, yeah, you probably shouldn't. Like they took a few. They did a few differences with Beauty and the Beast that was, uh, you know, fine. <laughs> oh yeah, they but, uh, definitely did a few uh, changes to it, updated it a little bit, I think, but. Uh, you know, it was still good, though. Yeah. So, also, okay, so then the next night, or a little bit later than that, uh, we watched this, which we also hadn't seen. Ah, uh, Justice League. Now, that's a good one. You know, I didn't hate it. I didn't either. It was, it was fabulous. <clears throat> you know, it's it's hard to uh, top, as far as I'm concerned, so far, it's hard to top Wonder Woman, as far as these movies go, mm-hmm. these DC Universe films. Um I don't hate them. I've, you know, I've gone on record as saying I, you know, I don't find anything necessarily wrong with them. And I understand that some people really don't like them. They really don't like this, this direction that the DC film universe or the DC extended universe or whatever it is. I think it's the DC extended universe. Um, they don't like the way this, this universe is, uh, is going for some reason. Like people didn't like it from the first new Superman film. Like people had a lot of issue with man of steel. Yes. I thought it was like joyless and dark and whatnot. And it's like a uh, little bit, I guess, but that doesn't necessarily make it like worthless as a, as a storytelling um, thing. No, not at all. And it's like, you know, I don't want to, I, I never use the, well, it did so well at the box office argument. Cause that doesn't mean anything, you know, no. popular, popular doesn't necessarily mean, doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean artistic merit or, you know, any other, any of those things. Like it's not, that doesn't, so that doesn't factor in, you know? Um, but I, having seen the original uh, Superman films, the four movies with Christopher Reeve, and then the one <clears throat> the Brian Singer did with Brandon Routh. And um, see, I didn't, I didn't like that one. The which, one where uh, Kevin Spacey plays Lex Luthor. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, the reason why I didn't like it is because when you look at Christopher Reed, right? Reed. Not Reeves, Christopher Reed, the first Superman, uh, the guy who played Superman in the, in the TV show. Oh, George Reeve? George Reeves. George, yes, him. Um, he had his own look. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. So did Christopher Reeves. He had like his own look of what Superman should be like. Uh, Henry Cavill, whatever his name is. I think it's Cavill, but yeah. Cavill, whatever. I think it is. He, he has his own look. Sure, yeah. And, I, and now you have this guy who played Superman with Kevin Spacey, right? Brandon Ralph. Who looks, yeah, who, who looks like Christopher Reeves. Well, he certainly looks more like the Boy Scout. Um, he, well, he looks, yeah, he evokes Christopher Reeve. Well, it's because Superman Returns, I think, was supposed to be in the same universe as, as uh, 
as the Richard Donner movies, and then eventually Richard Lester, and then uh, whoever directed <laughs> whoever directed Superman for the Quest for Peace, uh, which I still need to. It's been a while since I've seen that, but I know it's a canon film, <laughs> and uh, that's a special experience. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. Superman for this 1987 came out the year after the game Rampage. By the way, uh, it was directed by Sidney J. Fury, but it was a Golan Globus film, is my point. Mm. And uh, that's the canon films people. Uh, they made some really fun stuff, <laughs> like the Masters <laughs> of the Universe movie, <laughs> which was awesome, by the way. Uh-huh. And uh, this movie called The Apple, which I still have yet to see. Um, uh, they've made like hundreds of movies in a very short period of time. And, the uh, only thing, it's a great documentary only... about them, by the way. It's called uh, Electric Boogaloo, and then something something uh, about the canon. It's got Electric Boogaloo in the title. If it's not, you know, it's if it's not breaking to Electric Boogaloo, it's the documentary I'm talking about. People, you can Google it. That is B O O G A L O O Boogaloo, and it's called Electric Boogaloo. Something, 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 canon features. That's for the audience. Anyway, yes? So I was a big fan of of He-Man and stuff when I was a kid. Cartoons, collected the the toys and stuff. But what's actually funny is like when they did the live action uh, uh, movie, which everybody couldn't wait to go see. You know, uh, Franklin Jella played Skeletor. You know, he played an awesome Skeletor, by the way. He totally killed it. Sure. And then the guy, you know, the the, the Russian uh, from Rocky uh, played He-Man. Yeah, um, even Drago himself, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you know what would be very awesome? What's that? Because he played, he played uh, even Ivan Drago, whatever his name is. He played the Russian first before he played uh, uh, He-Man, right? So mm-hmm. what would be very cool would be was for like when uh, uh, He-Man agrees to uh, go back to Eternia as uh, Skeletor's prisoner and stuff because Skeletor was waiting for like the great eye to open up on the universe so that he can collect all the power and stuff, right? Something. So I don't remember. That's basically the gist of it. Okay, um, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, so that that's basically the gist of it. And um, so – to save, you know, he, uh, he man's friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he agreed to go back to Eternia because they were basically hiding out on earth. Oh. essentially. It's been, I have uh, seen the movie. It's just, it's, it's, right. it's been recently, but I just could not remember that detail. Like, it's like, I still, you know, there's, I remember very little about it every time. I so, see it. <laughs> so, so anyway, getting not too far, you know, off the beaten path here. What would have been cool is so when He Man agrees to go back to Eternia, right? His 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 hands are cuffed, mm-hmm. basically, and he's uncomfortable type deals, and like it's basically like you can see like see like this right here. He's mm-hmm. like basically that's how he's cuffed. Hunter is holding up his uh, fists with his back, his palms to the back of me, like 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 the, in the put him up, put him up kind of uh, kind of pose. Yes. To, to, so yeah, to indicate that we're handcuffs. What would be cool is is when they get back to like uh, uh, Skull because Skeletor took over Skull. So when they get back to like the throne room, what would be cool is because he's like he's handcuffed, right? So if he walks up to like uh, Skeletor and goes, "I must break you," before like they chain him into the floors and stuff, like reprising like his old like character from Rocky, except now it's like he's He Man and he's talking to like Skeletor, "I must break you," just like that. That that would have been like awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that. Masters of the Universe, yeah. That's right, Masters of the Universe. So, all right, and then now, I just finished this uh, last night. Uh, I believe it was last night, or was it today? No, it was last night. I finished this last night, and I had been actually watching at this uh, since we started watching these other movies that I was talking about. I was also watching this television show that I had not, not seen, but I knew that I'm basically the audience for, so... Uh, I did, um, is this? Uh, you may or may not have seen this before. Hmm. Does that look familiar? Notice there's a sticker up here. It looks like a VHS tape box. Yes. See that? It's even got that on the side there. It's not, though. It is... Ah, Stranger Things. Yeah. A Netflix original. Season one of Stranger Things. And this is actually bigger than a VHS box. It does look like a... You know, it's hard to tell what the scale is, but if I put it next to my head... 
You, well, it doesn't have a, oh, this is my hand. My hand is not right. that big. Like this is a, a that's or, true. Or not that small, I guess. This is a this is slightly big, slightly bigger. But when it, when it comes out of the sleeve, it looks like a VHS. Oh, that's pretty cool. And it actually um, opens with kind of like a oh, and on the end, even on the, even on the, by the way, on the back. Oh, that's wicked! It, it look, even looks like a uh, like a cassette tape. Yeah, and at the top here, where the um, is that the top? Or the bottom? Okay, at the top where the um, the back of what would be where you'd open up the thing and look at the tape. That's mm-hmm. that's how it opens up, and then and then you've got your discs inside. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, a little note. It says, friends don't lie. <laughs> Limited edition post. And there's a poster that I haven't looked at. But that, yeah, goes in the sleeve. It looks like you're, it looks like a standard. It's even got the little cutout at the bottom of his. Yeah. I like oh, that's it. pretty. Because that, cause you can grab it, like, you know, grab it in a tape. That is cool. You know I'm going to have to break down and watch that show, right? It is very good. It is good. It, Perfect. It, Perfect. It, you know, it's, it's, I think it's just the right amount of scary. Um, uh uh-huh. I'll tell you what I didn't like about it. And I did talk with, I did mention this to Corey and I also talked about this on something that I did record, but I don't know if I'll ever publish. So, uh, if you're hearing that, if you've heard this before, I apologize people, but so in the net on the package that I bought, when you pop the first disc in to start watching the movie, there's a five minutes chunk of preview that plays that you can't skip. Now that in itself is, you know, okay. Yeah. I guess now they have to force people to at least, you know, let the previews play. Albeit in my case, I put it on mute and walked away and did something else until it was done because I got stuff to do rather than sit and watch preview that I didn't want to watch. But it's worse because it was actually, it was two previews. The first Mm -hmm. one that came on was a extended look at, and if you haven't seen a frame of the first, uh, uh, of the first season, then everything in this is a spoiler for the second season, you know? It's also yeah. spoilers for the first season because it, it might reveal that that you know maybe whoever care whatever characters would have survived or something. It's like oh well now I know dot 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 or whatever it is you know yeah assuming that anybody survived you know so so it was a basically a preview for the second series which is also out on home video and I will probably collect eventually um, just to watch it. So uh, I was I did not I was not pleased by that choice. Of you know that it was a unskippable and b something that uh, as a person who doesn't like spoilers and is on record uh, you know as like I will tolerate a certain amount of spoilers but that was like a forced uh, that 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 is like the, the choice was to you know I'm glad I muted the sound and walked out of the room and did my you know got together some food or whatever I was going to do and then come back and watch anyway so and then after that there was a preview for the uh, Netflix series The Defenders which of course. You know, if even describing it, it's warning spoilers, it brings together. Well, I'll try it to not. Okay, so there are these Marvel comic books heroes who have their mm. own individual series, and this is for the audience also uh, who might not know. Uh, they have these individual series on Netflix as separate characters, and then the Defenders basically brings them all together into. I don't know if it's a series or if it's a limited run or if it's three episodes, but three is still technically a series or a mini series. I don't know any of this. The point is I didn't want, you know, every frame of that is a spoiler to me because I've never seen a frame of any of these other shows that these characters are, you know, involved in. So, so there's two, two major strikes, but the big one was like, you know what? I would sit through a defenders, uh, um, trailer rather than sit through, something that basically spoils the thing I'm about to watch, you know, that's very true. So that being said, um, it wasn't terrible, but you know, it ended up being not, uh, not that, um, unhappy of a spoiling experience. It's still a very good, it's a good series. And, uh, yes, it didn't take away from my enjoyment of it. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out right after I'm done with, uh, season one of Sabrina on Netflix. Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Uh, sort of. Uh, same concept, except really dark. Uh, they're devil worshippers, or Satan worshippers, and so it's like a really dark version of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Having or, never, they just call it Sabrina, basically. I think Sabrina the Teenage Witch is actually on Amazon Prime. I've never seen it, because I don't... I think it was on the Disney Channel, and I was... Um, 
kind of already older by the time it was on. And also I didn't have cable, uh, so. <laughs> I watched like one or two episodes. It was all right. Or but maybe it was like Fox. A, I don't know. Was there a talking but, cat? Yeah, yeah, Salem. Okay. Because we'll see now. Basically, in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Salem is a, I believe, I want to say, a warlock that was turned into a talking cat. Okay. Oh. But in this dark version or adaptation of Sabrina, uh, uh, Salem is still a black cat, but it's also her familiar, basically, meaning that he's a demon and he's protecting her, basically. Every witch has a familiar that's uh, been transformed into a pet. Sure. Like Piwacket, I think, is the name of the one in Bell Book and Candle. Uh, is it? I think so. All right. I will take your word for it. Well, that's about all the time we have for Antisocial Show. I'm Tyson Saner. And I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Absolutely. Have a good time, folks. Peace.